Hi, my name is Christy Lee. I'm a DJ for WJTL Radio out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Praise and Worship Podcast. It goes along with my Sunday morning praise and worship program on WJTL from 6 until 10. It's a four-hour playlist packed with anthems for the whole congregation and those songs that move your heart personally through those seasons on the mountaintop and in the valley. You know, songs have helped me communicate with God when circumstances left me speechless. Process those emotions, decide my stance, and continue standing my ground. They've energized my faith and strengthened my heart, and they've made me so curious. What did the writer go through to be capable of producing this song? What keys have they learned along the way? There's so much gold, and I'm ready to dig. Joining me for this first episode, my very special guest is Paul Balash. He's been a consistent leader, singer, songwriter through the decades, starting with Maranatha music cassettes that my mom used to play in the kitchen back in the day. What I love about Paul is that he is a natural. You'll hear it in this conversation. He slides so effortlessly and genuinely into prayer. He leads you into worship inviting you as he goes. Along the way, he points out things that change your perspective, help you to see God and express your heart to him. He is in worship leader mode 100% of the time, and I love that. Take a listen. Singer, songwriter, worship leader, multiple Dove Award winner, Paul Balash. Now, Paul is one of the most acclaimed worship artists and songwriters of our time. He probably has heard this so many times over the years that he has this whole spiel memorized already. Uh, but we know him from way back in the day, Open the Eyes of My Heart. That might be like your top number one hit of all time, but it could be unseated by his latest song, Behold Him. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. But Paul has been all over the globe lately. We're talking... Canada. So you've been North, you've been East Coast, West Coast, you've been overseas as well in the UK. Right, right. Uh, we were in Toronto two weeks ago. We did a Christmas worship, um, some events in Toronto, and then we recorded a TV special called Behold Him, which actually, if you just Google Castle TV in Canada, and they'll be playing it all through the Christmas season. But anyway, yeah, I came back from Toronto. Uh, did Carnegie Hall on a Thursday night. We did a Christmas special with Roma Downey's daughter and a Colby Calais and Tori Kelly and some other artists. And that was an amazing experience to do a, a night of Christmas worship charity event at Carnegie Hall. And then the next day I flew to London. We did a weekend of worship events with a full orchestra um, down then the southern part down in Brighton. And then I flew from London to San Francisco for this weekend. We had a weekend of... Uh, Christmas worship events, and I actually landed at JFK last night at midnight, and it's good to be home. <laughs> now, that that's impressive, and that's awesome. I know you've been sharing so many wonderful things on social media through the trip. I've got to tell you, though, one of the things that strikes me the most is that you are leading with so many different people and teams, even mm -hmm. an orchestra. That is an amazing thing that you don't see people doing all the time. You know, one artist mm. going and leading with a whole whole different team, a whole different backup singer, different drummer everywhere mm. you go. What is the key to being able to do that? <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> well, the key is is making sure you get the charts, you get all the materials, and I'll, I'll do a lot of uh, uh, personal video, like kind of coaching, encouragement videos to the team and to the choir like a month beforehand two weeks. Hey team, how you doing? Hope you're working with the songs. 
looking forward to being there because, you know, we only have a, a very short rehearsal when we get to do these. Um, when I show up, say, in Toronto and I'm playing with a, an orchestra or even London, you know, they rehearse for, you know, a month prior to this event. So the, the more they do their homework um, and they do it, they play just like the chart the faster and the more efficient and the more quote unquote successful the event will be like we'll be able to to not just barely get through it but we'll actually be confident with the material and we'll be able to focus more on just inspiring and encouraging people to worship with us now what do you do if you show up and nobody did their homework well that's why i make these phone calls and emails and i'm a coach you know i really see myself as You've got to be this sort of, hey, guys, how you doing? All right. Excited. It's only two weeks away. Because years ago when I wouldn't do that, when I would just assume that people would do their homework, I would show up and just be so devastatingly right. disappointed that uh, they'd be like, oh, hey, Paul, how's it going? Listen, I haven't had a chance to really hear the songs, but hey, I got the charts and I think we're going to be all right. And I'd be thinking, we are not going to be all right. right. This is going to be so hard. So that's that's how I've learned some things over the years. That's really good. And we've seen you, you know, even when you were uh, at the Junction Center, you did this live from the Junction Center thing. You brought along all these uh, new worship leaders, introducing them to us. I can't imagine the energy that goes into coaching, even when it's people that are close with you all the time, or mm-hmm. if you have to, you know, Skype with them or FaceTime with them overseas to make sure they're doing their homework. That requires yeah. a lot of energy on your part. <laughs> Does that come easily to you? You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot to do. That's very perceptive. It's, it's, I laugh because my wife will say so often, I could never do what you do. I would just explode. Like, she'll hear me, you know. Right. Uh, you know, talking to someone or making a video for them. And uh, I'm just so used to it. It's just part of my job. Maybe it's been, maybe it kind of pairs well with a worship pastor. You know, for 25 years, we were at the same church in Texas for, uh, you know, 25 years, same church, same neighborhood every week. That's kind of a job, if you will, or a role of a worship pastor is to try to coach and inspire and encourage like, hey, let's stand together. Hey, it's good to see you, family. Let's stand together. Let's sing this out together. All right, here we go. And you're right. It, it takes energy. And over the years, I've just, I try to find uh, the in between those moments where I can rest, where I can exercise, where I can, you know, try to do things that where you get your batteries recharged. You know, I, I think a lot of people, especially the newer worship leaders that are, that are coming up, that the next generation, they see the onstage part. And it looks mm-hmm. so easy. It looks so fun. It looks so effective and maybe even a little glamorous. But uh-huh. they might not realize that there's a ton of work that goes into it behind the scenes. I don't think everybody is cut out to be able to be that kind of a coach. Is yeah. That, is that something that that you've always been able to do easily? I would not say easily, but it is something that I guess God's given me a little bit of a yeah, I, don't, I can't do a lot of things. My brother's a carpenter and he can build a deck in a weekend or he can re- <laughs> he can renovate your bathroom, you know, yeah. and it's like, I can't do that. But I seem to be able to sort of walk into a situation and try to, all right, here we go, team. You know, here we go. All right. Yes, Lord. We just, we've done our preparation. Here's our loaves and fishes. Here we go. We're going to offer this to you. We ask for your blessing and we just want this to glorify you. And we want it to inspire people to 
to turn away from their, you know, maybe difficult situations they're walking through or may, may this help them walk through these times and help them worship you and draw near to you. And, you know, that's kind of the motivation. That's the idea. I'm just picturing what does your brother say if he says, you know, all I can do is build a deck in a weekend, but Paul goes out and he goes to the UK and he trains the whole orchestra. <laughs> but probably God has you each in the spot where you have right. your strengths going full blast. Right. And I'm I'm grateful again and I'm I'm still fascinated almost with a childlike wonder to be able to to be able to go into London. I'm just so grateful for yeah. the opportunity that somebody even asks me to come, hey, will you come to Toronto? We want to do a Christmas special around your new song, Behold Him, and and blah, blah, blah. And then London, hey, we want you to come here, and we have an orchestra and a choir ready to go. And would you, that's like, it's so humbling. And I'm so honored that after all these years that um, that I still get asked to do these kinds of things. And so I just say, Lord, give me the grace and the strength to be a good steward and to walk into that situation with with energy and with your favor and your anointing and that, yeah, that, that the outcome would, as I've been saying, you know, would ultimately result in we bring glory to you and that it helps others draw near to you and get their eyes on you and be encouraged and lifted up in their spirits. So you've been talking about this Christmas music, and it's interesting because when Behold Him came out, there was no mention of this is a Christmas song. The first time I heard it, I'm thinking, wow, this will be great. For, it was before huh. Thanksgiving. It's going to be great in Christmas. It's going to be, hmm. we're going to sing this at Easter. It's going to be all year round. What was it at first? When you very first wrote it, what were you aiming for? Well, I was not thinking Christmas song. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's funny because the word behold, we associate that word with Christmas, you know? Sure. Per perhaps, um, come and behold him, born the king of angels. So... Um, otherwise, we don't tend to use that word often, and yet I love that word because to behold something is so different than just like looking or glancing or, uh, you know, beholding is like, imagine if you've had a chance to go to the Grand Canyon or you, you're, you go to the ocean, one of the oceans, and you're just standing there, and that's the closest we get to in nature where we actually take in with our body, our soul, our mind, our spirit, we sort of just behold this beautiful creation, if you will. And so just that idea of beholding the Lord, which, you know, you mentioned earlier, opened the eyes of my heart, you know, in some ways, this song is like the a continuation of that cry of like, Lord, I want to see you. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. And, and I want to behold you. And so the song really kind of, its its roots kind of came from the scripture that we're familiar with, where the Lord says in Psalms through David, be still and know that I am God. And, and throughout this song, we say, oh, be still and behold him. And, you know, the admonition to just in the busyness of life, especially this time of the year, Wow, just more than ever, just to be reminded, hey, let's take time throughout the day. Stop. Take a deep breath. You know, as you leave Target and you put all your stuff in your car and you're ready to zoom to the next place, like stop for a minute as the car is running, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths and say, oh, Lord, teach me to be still and teach me to access the Prince of Peace, you know, like just come and overtake the busyness and anxiety in my heart. And, uh, 
and teach me what it means to behold you even as I go through the busyness of this day, Lord. I love that you have a special spot in your new apartment building there in New York City where you were talking about this recently, the machine room, the elevator machine room or something like that. Yes, Tell us yes. about this little special spot you've got. You, you are so good. I don't know where you get this information. You're, it's on the you, internet. <laughs> okay, you've done your homework. Um, yeah, so after 25 years in Texas, of course, we grew up right outside of Philadelphia in Jersey, and then we ended up, Lord led us to Texas, and we were there. Then our kids grew up, and they moved kind of back to the Northeast. So uh, once in Lancaster. Yeah. So I go at least once a month. I go to Lidditz. So now we're in a little 900-square-foot apartment in New York City, and there's one bedroom. And, man, I need a place to just be able to sing out loud but not be self-conscious. And I feel like if I do that in my apartment, my my neighbor is just going to complain or knock on the door. So sure. I, I go up the stairwell to the very top of our apartment building. And there's this room that nobody goes in, but it's where all the machinery is for the elevators. And it's, it's a little bit noisy and it smells like engine oil, but <laughs> nobody goes there. And I can go up there with my guitar and I can just sing out loud. Oh, Lord. And I just oftentimes the beginnings of songs begin in that place for me where I can just be uninhibited and I'm just singing. I'll sing maybe I'll read a psalm out loud and maybe one particular piece of that song jumps out and I'll begin to put a melody to that. And yeah, so we're, a new album's coming out in January. So most of these songs are kind of birthed in that moment. That is like the coolest picture. That is such a cool <laughs> place to write and to be. I mean, finding that spot for it, for anybody, you know, your quiet place spot, your place to meet with God. Right. I mean, we see that through the scriptures and, you know, there's different places where some people that's over their kitchen sink doing the dishes. That's where they meet with God. Yeah, you know, these yeah. places become really special. Um, yeah. I have never heard of somebody in an elevator machine room and it just makes me so happy that that <laughs> is the spot, you know, knowing that that's where some of these songs uh, were birthed or or uh, constructed, so that's really cool. Well, you, you know, I just realized because some most would say, "Oh, you should go to the Jersey Shore and and look at the ocean, right. or you should go up to the Poconos and like look at a mountain, right?" And yet, you know, of course, that would be fine. That's fine with me, and I've done those kinds of things. But you know, there is the the, the King James version in Matthew six that talks. Jesus said, "When ye pray, go into your closet and pray to your Father in secret." And, you know, if you think about a closet, like there's nothing, there's no windows in most closets. It's, there's nothing to look at. So I find going up into that room, even with the noise and all that, there's, there's no distraction. There's no beautiful distraction of an ocean or a, a mountain. It's just, it's just me and the Lord right. and his word. And there's nothing that like draws my attention to like, oh, look at how pretty that is. <laughs> You can take your finished songs to the top of the mountain, but where you like get into the nitty gritty, that's the machine room closet. I'm crazy, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a great thing to know about you and about the process. So one more thing I, I really want to talk about here is, um, you know, you've you've been doing this a long time. Like your kids have grown up through the process of you leading worship. You're yeah. still going strong and what you've just done so, so very active. You're still generating and having creativity. You haven't burned out is really what mm. I'm getting to. Um, mm. And, you know, when I asked Michael W. Smith about this, he said the reason he's still doing it at this speed is because he yeah. really loves it. What's your answer yeah. for why you're still doing it? How can you still possibly be doing it this well? 
Well, I do love it. And I do feel like I want to be a good steward, if you will. Um, I feel like God has given me the grace, the energy, some degree of influence, if you will, of just the longevity that the fact that I still get asked to, to come here or come there. Will mm-hmm. you share with our leaders? Will you do this event? Um, you know, I just feel blessed. I know that there might come a day where, you know, the phone doesn't ring anymore. And I, I feel like if I, if I'm able to, to, to continue to do this, then I, and when I am home, I'm trying to, you know, get in the gym and try to get rest. And, and I'm just, I try to take it serious that Lord, you've created me to do this very specific thing. And I want to help others worship. I really feel that calling in my life to, to help others worship and to help other leaders like more and more now, like I really want to pour into next generation leaders who are the ones that are, you know, leading worship teams, et cetera. I want to, so yeah, like him. And then I even look at some sort of our secular pop examples. You know, I think of a Paul McCartney who's in his late seventies, still doing these major concerts or Bruce Springsteen doing his big four hour concerts or, you know, there's just a, a list of, of guys that are just um, inspiring to me in terms of, you know, they don't need the money. They don't, they don't have to do it. And yet there's obviously a James Taylor, another guy that continues to tour and he sings, you know, those favorite, we get to hear fire and rain and all our favorites, you know, how sweet it is to be loved. <laughs> and I just find a little bit of inspiration from those guys too. And from Michael W, of course, that, um, that they continue to just say, well, this is what God's given me to do, and this is why I'm here, and I'm going to go serve others with this. Do you ever see a day where maybe some of your grandkids will come along on the road with you? Do they have any interest? You know, we'll see. We'll see. They're, they're pretty young right now. Yeah. So right at this stage, I just try to get down on their level and just be a, just a happy grandpa. You know, they call me Papa. Um, my youngest daughter who now lives in France, but she, uh, she was 27, but we did, I've done two French albums because really? she got her master's in French. And my last name, if you go to France, they would say Beloche, you know, of course, growing up around Philadelphia, they butcher, Hey, Paul Beloche, how you doing? Uh, hey, Beloche. So, so I've just, you know, I don't want to correct everybody, but so it's just Paul Beloche, but the French is Beloche. And so anyway, long story short is we did two tours across France and she was my background singer. And, um, that was just such a gift, um, a few years ago to be able to, to 10 cities in France. And we, from city to city singing, uh, ouvre les yeux de mon ouvre les yeux de mon <laughs> which is open the eyes of my heart. I was going to say, I know so. the melody. I don't yeah, speak yeah. any French, but I had a feeling that's where it was going. <laughs> well, that's really great. You, your wife used to sing along with you too, right? Absolutely. She's the better songwriter in our family. In fact, the new album coming out, she's wrote two songs on this album. Every album, she, to me, has the, the two best songs on every album we do. And yeah, back in the day, she sung in all the Maranatha music yeah. and Integrity music and was vocal arranger, producer, etc. And um, as our kids grew... And I traveled more, you know, we, uh, you know, she continued to write and continues to write and she'll occasionally come with me and sing. But sometimes living on the road is just, it's physically intense. And she'll say, babe, you know, God bless you. I'll pray for (laughs) you. But you know, this one's on, this one's on you. Right. And, uh, I'm not flying first class, you know, I'm, I'm flying, you know, uh, 
coach to London and from London to San Francisco. And, you know, you just, so it's physically grueling, but yeah, she's, she's great. And we're still in this together. We've been married 33 years and I'm just grateful that that we still get to do this. Now I imagine the two of you will be coming to Lancaster County potentially soon, maybe before the Christmas season to see the, to see the family there. Do you have any favorite spots when you're right here in our neighborhood? I like that little restaurant, General Sutter's or something uh, right right on the corner. It's in Lidditz. It's a cute little downtown, isn't it? Oh, it's charming. Yeah. Lancaster obviously has a lot of cute spots too. And I'm like the Belmont, all that. They just built all that new, almost feels like a little neighborhood. I think it's called the Belmont. But Lidditz, yeah, there's a general setters, I think. You feel like you're in an English little restaurant or pub or something. Um, So yeah, we have our favorite little spots. Boy, if you... There's an Aztec something Mexican place we like to eat at. And then we need to come to your radio station again. That's right. Have you back at the Junction Center. That would be fun. I would love that. Yeah. Well, we'll work that out. But for now, you've been all over the world. So we get to give you back to your family. You Thank got you it. so much, Paul. I appreciate right. it. Merry Christmas to you and meaningful Christmas. Have a merry and meaningful. I, I like pray that, that. everyone... Uh, yeah. And for those, you know, this is a challenging time of the year and maybe you feel like, well, your life doesn't live up to all the the storybook versions and the movie versions of families. And, you know, there's a lot of sometimes our families can be very dysfunctional and and it can be hard. And I just pray, I really do sincerely pray that you will just call out in your heart for to the Prince of Peace, to Jesus. This is the good news. This is the whole reason why we do all this. The, this everything else really the bottom line is, is Jesus. The good news is Jesus came to Earth, and G- God could have named him anything, but He chose to call him Emmanuel, and Emmanuel means God with us. And I would just pray that for any listener, whatever if you're on a mountaintop or you're in a valley, just know God is with you. God is with you, Emmanuel. That was the good news, Jesus the Prince of Peace. And I pray that you and I would experience the peace of God in our hearts and in our homes, even in the midst of chaos. Jesus, I just pray that you would just give us that that peace in our hearts. And I pray and ask in, in your precious name. Amen. Very special thanks to Paul Balash for excellent conversation. After so many travels and so few hours of sleep, keep your ears peeled for his new album coming out this month. And if you don't follow him on social media yet, I strongly encourage you to do so. He is a pro and something of a Where's Waldo in the worship world. Speaking of the internet, it does come in handy for listening to my Praise and Worship playlist Sunday mornings, 6 until 10. You can stream it live at WJTL.com or on our free app. And of course, follow me too. Just search Praise and Worship on WJTL. You'll find me on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Until next time, since you're still listening all the way here to the very end, I'll leave you with this little peek behind the scenes before we officially start the interview are you feeling good after after all these travels that was major um you know i'm disoriented but in in an appropriate way i I come home from these events i was gone nine days got in the jfk at midnight last night you know what i mean so uh, um i'm appropriately exhausted appropriately disoriented good (laughs) that sounds healthy then good that this is pre-recorded right so you can if you need any take twos or do-overs, you just go right ahead. No problem. And I'll repeat that if that's interesting radio. I'll repeat like, yeah, yeah, we're just flying. 
here, flying there, blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. for some, maybe that sounds interesting to somebody. Well, and so does the, the sirens in the background. That sounds interesting to me. I'm That's kidding. New York City. That's New York City, right? <laughs> <laughs> for the record, he didn't need any take twos. And that siren didn't phase him one bit. Thanks again to Paul Balash.